I want to start this morning and just tell you that today's message and today's theme is about joy. It's about joy. And, and I want to start with this question. I want to ask you, have you ever struggled finding joy during the holidays? Right? Have you ever struggled to find joy during the holidays? If you have, then you are not alone. Okay, I want you to know that this morning as we come here, as we come to worship, as we come to study God's Word, as we come to talk about joy, you are not alone. Uh, as I was thinking of, you know, how do, I, how do I open this message? How do I, what does it mean to like have joy or not have joy or have the absence of joy? And I thought of this question. Have you ever looked on from afar and wished you were involved in something that was happening, right? Have you ever looked from afar and wished that you were a part of something that was happening, maybe over there or over here, right? Has that ever happened to you? Well, it happened to me. And I want to tell you about Christmas at Granny Myers. The street I grew up on was Laverne Street, and we were pretty much all related in some form or fashion, kind of old school, you know, like it used to be back when you guys were kids as well. You know, you got in trouble, Everybody on the whole block knew it. Your aunts and your uncles and your grandparents were going to give you a hard time. And so uh, on the street that I lived on, there were uh, cousins and neighbors and, uh, I mean, cousins and great uncles and great aunts around me. And so I thought about Christmas at Granny Meyer's house. And I'll never forget, like, when they would come, like, all of their family would, like, come to, um, come to her house. And, and I wanted to be a part of that, right? And they're like, Christopher, go home. You know, I lived across the street. So I was like, go home. Oh, man. And so I wanted to enjoy what they were enjoying, right? And I would wait with anticipation until I was invited in, until I could see my cousin and to see what new toys that he had gotten, right? I was looking in on joy from afar, right? That I wanted to be a part of that. And so just think about that. Have you ever looked in on joy from afar? And so this month we've been studying about the season of Advent. We've been lighting ad, we've had an Advent wreath with Advent candles, and each candle represents something different. Uh, just Advent in its uh, simplicity is is just an arrival. It's an appearing or it's a coming. That's what Advent is all about. It's a time of spiritual preparation and reflection. Right? That's why we read scripture this morning. That's why we lit a candle is it's to remember, it's to reflect. And our focus during the Advent season is on the coming of Christ to Bethlehem stable and what it means for us some 2,000 years later. You see, Advent is a time to remember and to ponder the true peace and hope and joy and love that the birth of Jesus makes possible for each and every one of us. We've said that Christmas is a season of hope, right? We've said that hope came down at Christmas and his name is Jesus. And I want to remind you something else this morning. What we do with the hope we've been given matters. You see, Jesus came down so that hope may go out, so that believers would spread the hope that they have. Jesus came down so his love may be lived out. 
Right? All throughout Scripture, that's what the, the Gospels are really about, is, is the birth and the life and the death and the resurrection of Jesus. And how He came to do what? That we're to love God and to love others. Right? We're not to get caught up in trivial things. That we're, that we're to like, to the world, it's going to look crazy. Right? And we can't be selfish. I, I think in, even in this moment of, of the talents, right? And, and then the master gave the talents and the one went and he multiplied and the one, you know, he multiplied a little bit, but the other one hid it and he buried it. And the master came back and he said, what? He said, he took those talents and he gave it to the one who had more. Right? God doesn't give us what he's given us for us just to sit on it. Right? For us to bank on it. Christianity is not hell insurance and then live however you want to. Amen? It is about living a life centered around Christ. Living out the values that He teaches in the gospel. And then lastly, Jesus came down so that joy may be contagious. Right? That's our theme for this morning, joy. Calm is contagious, right? I heard that statement one time. And and a lady I work with, one of our administrators at the hospital, she's like, well, everything's contagious. I'm like, man, don't burst my bubble. You know, calm is contagious. If you're around someone who's calm, they're going to do what? They're going to bring a sense of calm to the situation, to your relationship. And so this morning, I want you to know that joy is contagious. Joy can spread. You know, when was the last time you were around someone who was joyous? What did it do to you? Did it remind you of something? Did it, did it was like, were you in, encouraged? Were you like spurred on to do what God's called us to do? So before we turn into the gospel this morning, before we turn into God's word, I want you to challenge yourself. And I want you to challenge your family to use these final days of the Advent season as a simple time of heartfelt communication, both with God and with others. Right? To open your home, to, to, to invite people in, even though they don't believe, even though their ideologies are far from you, even though you don't agree with their lifestyle, it doesn't matter. Invite them in. This is a season of hope, a season of love, a season of joy. Share that with others. Pick up the phone and call somebody. As as Jimmy so uh, called us to remember our shut-ins, right? Call them. Go see them. Take a moment and just spend time with them, right? Who else? I don't know. Will somebody else go visit them during the holidays? I don't know. But don't wait for that question to be answered. Just go. Give of your time. Turn the TV off. Right? And go. Have a conversation with somebody. You don't have to stay long. But just go and just say, hey, I just want to check on you. I just want to remind you Jesus loves you. I just want to remind you of something my pastor said. Right? During the season of Advent, the season of hope, the season of joy, the season of love. So take your copy of God's Word and turn over to Luke. In the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and then Luke. And we're going to be in Luke chapter 2 today. And as you're turning to Luke chapter 2, I want to remind you as a doctor, Luke was a man of science. And as a Greek, he was a man of detail. 
Listen to what else I I read about Luke this week, right? See, y'all, I don't just, as we're preaching and teaching something, I don't just take for granted what I've learned and what I know of the past, right? I've got to keep digging and I've got to keep studying and I've got to say, okay, God, help me to connect the dots. So I'm, I'm looking at, I'm looking in my study Bible. I'm reading a devotion. I'm looking in different books, right? I'm trying to find things. It's like, okay, God, we've, we preached in Luke before, but what have I not seen about Luke? So listen to this. The Gospels tell of Jesus' birth. But Dr. Luke, as though he was the attending physician, provides most of the details surrounding this awesome occasion as compared to the other Gospel writers. With the Divine Father and a human mother, Jesus entered history. God in the flesh. Luke affirms Jesus' divinity. But the real emphasis of Luke's book is on Jesus' humanity. Jesus, the Son of God, is also the Son of Man. Okay? God in the flesh. So let's read in Luke chapter 2. Verses 8 through 21, it falls under the headings of the shepherds and the angels. And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not. For behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with an angel... With the angel, a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste. And found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. And it had been told them. As it had been told them. And on the eighth day... On the end of the eight days, when he was circumcised, he was called Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. Amen. May the Lord bless the reading of his word. So let's take a few moments and just unpack the text that we just read. In verse 10, well, let's let's back up. In verse 8, there were shepherds out in their field keeping watch over their flock by night. We're told they're shepherds, right? They they were, you know, that's not a an exciting position to hold, right? That you're with the sheep day and night. 
there's not much excitement that probably happened for them. Maybe they had to scare off some animal that was going to attack one of the sheep. But it wasn't really an exciting job. They weren't really uh, dignitaries. They were shepherds. And so then an angel of the Lord appears to them. And don't you love it as we've been studying Scripture, especially in this season and, and other seasons throughout the year, the first thing the angels always say is what? Fear not. Fear not. Can you imagine if an angel, if the glory of the Lord, a messenger of the Lord, in that form appeared to you? They would probably have to tell you fear not as well. Amen? So it says, fear not, for behold what? I bring you good news. Right? The gospel of Jesus Christ is known as what? Good news. It's the good news of the gospel. But listen to what the angel tells us. Don't miss this. I bring you good news of joy. No. Luke says that the angel said, I bring you good news of what? Great joy. Don't miss that. Great joy. But then he goes on. That will be for what? For all. A L L for all the people. If there's one verse of scripture or is there's one word in scripture that I love seeing is all. A L L. Because what does all leave out? It leaves out nothing. The good news of Jesus Christ of the coming Messiah that would redeem our sins And as we skip forward past the Christmas story, who was crucified for our sins, that saved us, that is good news. And it should bring great joy. And it is for what? All people. All people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find the baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. Now listen, y'all. We need to make a distinction right here in the story. As I mentioned to you a minute ago, that the, that the angel says that this is, this is good news, that's great joy. We need to make a distinction between happiness and joy. Happiness is temporary, and joy is everlasting. And I want to also call your attention that they're saying that the good news will be for all the people. And that includes you. Listen, that also includes your neighbor. That includes your coworker. That includes the convict. That includes the bum. And that also includes the last person that you think that the gospel is for. Because the gospel of Jesus Christ is for all people. Amen? It doesn't matter how far they have strayed, how far they have gone. There is no person that is too far that the hand of God cannot reach. Amen? So next time you look and you think about, well, I'm not inviting so-and-so from church. They, you know, they would just mess our church up. Well, how's that? You know? Would they really mess it up? I mean, if you're looking for a church with perfect people, I'm sorry, you just better keep looking. Just go on down the street because you will never find a church with perfect people. 
Amen? We are all sinners saved by grace, or we're people in need of grace. We're in people in need of salvation. And so we have to keep preaching and teaching the gospel because it's what? It's good news, and when the good news comes, there will be what? Great joy. Don't miss that. What a great reminder this Christmas season. Let's keep going. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God, saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those whom He is pleased. Listen, the angels came down, and they're telling the shepherds, Y'all, y'all don't be, fear not, fear not. Good news is come. It's a great joy. And then almost immediately, the celestial choir has a concert. And they get to see a picture. Can you imagine what they saw that night as, as they worshiped and as they sung to the glory of God? Just like the song that we listened to this morning, Come Let Us Adore. Right? What a beautiful reminder. That is what Christmas is really about, is that we're to adore Him. We're to adore Christ. And when the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go to Bethlehem to see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And listen to what verse 16 tells us. And they went with haste. Right? They went with haste. They didn't just say, hey, we'll get there when we get there. No, they wanted to see it. They were excited. They wanted to get and to see what The angel had promised. And so they found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. So listen, they had been told what was going to happen. And they made haste. They had to go. They they see it. And then they didn't just see it and say, oh, wasn't that nice? Wasn't that beautiful? No. No. They went out and they made it known. They wanted to tell everybody that they came in contact with. Listen, we were out in the fields just boring all night. Just, you know, might not even been any stars. Who knows, right? They're just out there just doing their thing, waiting for the sun to come up. And here an angel descends and tells them about Jesus. And they get to see the heavenly celestial choir. They have a concert there in the field. They make haste. They go and they see the baby just as the angel had promised. And they made it known. They made it known. Now look what this says, verse 18 and following. It says, And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds had told them. Do you think that? Remember we said the shepherds were what? They weren't dignitaries. They weren't put on pedestals. They were the lowly of lowly. Get on back out in the field and watch the sheep, right? But people didn't say that. They, They were intrigued by what they were saying and what they had seen. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. When was the last time that you came to church and there was a truth that you heard from the Lord or the Lord spoke to you and you pondered it in your heart? That you let it just kind of resonate, that you chewed on it as um, Derwin Gray in the upstate, a former football player that's now a minister of the gospel, he would say, marinate on that. Right? When was the last time that you heard a truce of God's word and you just let it sit there and you just marinated on it and you just let the Lord just, just bring joy out of what you heard? When was the last time that you've done that? And then, in verse 20, the shepherds returned doing what? Glorifying and praising God for all they had seen and heard. So here's what I want you to see. I want you to see this out of this passage. God took ordinary people. He took shepherds. And when the angel 
appeared, there was great fear. However, when the angel in the heavenly choir was finished, there was nothing to be afraid of. Amen? And instead, there was what? There was joy. But God doesn't spare the details in his love letter to us. Luke doesn't spare the details. He is a man of details. We know that. He's a physician. He's a Greek. He's going to get the details. And, and Luke tells us that there was great joy. And lastly, don't miss this. After all they had seen and heard, they couldn't wait to tell others. Hmm. Listen, God chose to make the greatest announcement of all time to those who were the least sophisticated. Ponder that. Ponder that. God took the greatest announcement of all time that Jesus has come and he gave it to those that were least sophisticated. Can I, can I pause there this morning and tell you, I think that's still the case. That God is still using the unsophisticated, the uneducated to share the gospel. Right? It's not about pious. It's not about elitism. It's not about being pharisaical and following all these rules and laws and orders. But man, you take somebody who has been gripped by the presence of the Holy Spirit and you turn them loose. Do you think that can change lives? Absolutely. I think he's still changing lives today. But God delights in using people we might consider less than deserving than ourselves. And I want to remind you this morning that God can use anybody. God can use anybody. I think, I don't know why this guy comes to mind, but there's a guy, I think it's Chuck Colson, right? And Chuck's story was he was, he, he was living the life. He got arrested and he went to prison. And he began to share the gospel and to reach those that were in prison, right? God can use anybody. God can use anybody. All right, so listen to a statement that I read and I reflected on this week. When the shepherds returned to work, they were still praising God for what they had seen and heard. Listen, listen, lean in. Why? then do we stop praising God for what we've seen and heard by the time we get to our car in the church parking lot? Think about that. The shepherds, they continued praising God when they returned to work. But we can't even get to our cars and get the door shut. And we've been in a service where we've seen God's presence. The Holy Spirit has reminded us of truth of His Word. And we just put it aside and move on. Can I tell you one thing I have really appreciated about this Christmas season with you guys? I've appreciated being your interim pastor and preaching and teaching through this season. It's been difficult. It hasn't been easy, right? Because you're preaching and teaching about a season that we've all experienced. And Lord, what am I going to say that is going to bring any light to any of this? But can I tell you that from the decorations, to the lighting, to the music, to the time that we've been together this month, 
I think it's been some of the most beautiful services that I've ever been a part of. Not just here at Bible Fellowship, but that I've ever truly been a part of. I feel like when we leave at the end of the day, I feel like we've truly worshipped God. We've worshipped Him through song. We've been exposed to new songs and truths of new songs. We've studied His Word. We've focused and lit in Advent candles. We've read Scripture. And I'm just, I'm thankful for that. I'm so thankful for that. So thank you everybody who has decorated and people have donated. I see another manger scene up here again today. Those who have donated manger scenes. And in your presence, right? Because we're worshiping God together. As, as we haste on, as we continue to wrap up our day together, I want to um, call your attention to something Billy Graham said. So what about you? How how can you live out what we've talked about today? Billy Graham said this, The greatest need in the world is the transformation of human nature. We need a new heart that will not have lust and greed and hate in it. We need a heart filled with love and peace, and there's our word, and joy. And that is why Jesus came into the world. I read a portion of a devotion by Oswald Chambers. I love to read him from time to time. Very challenging. Um, He wrote a devotion called My Joy and Your Joy. He starts that devotion off with this verse, John 15, 11. Listen to what it says in the Amplified Version. I have told you these things so that my joy and delight may be in you and that your joy may be made full and complete and overflowing. Chambers goes on to say, what was the joy that Jesus had? Joy should not be confused with happiness. In fact, it is an insult to Jesus Christ to use the word happiness in connection with Him. The joy of Jesus was His absolute self-surrender and self-sacrifice to His Father. The joy of doing that which the Father had sent Him to do. Who, for the joy that was set before Him, endured the cross. Hebrews 12.2 My favorite verse. A verse I think we should all have underlined in our Bibles. It should be our rally cry. Each and every day is Psalm 40, verse 8. That says, I delight to do your will, oh my God. Right? That is the purpose. That is our purpose here on earth. Is to do the Lord's will. That should be our prayer. That should be our focus. Chambers goes on to say, Jesus prayed that our joy might continue fulfilling itself until it becomes the same joy as His. Then he asks a question. Have I allowed Jesus Christ to introduce me to His joy? Have I allowed Jesus Christ to introduce His joy to me? Listen, we, when we obey Jesus and immerse ourselves in His love, He guarantees that our lives will be filled with joy. Is that really true, Chris? 
Yes, it is. Remember the verse that we just read. John 15, 11, Jesus speaking. I have told you these things so that my joy and delight may be in you and that your joy may be full and complete and overflowing. What a picture. What a picture. Y'all, Jesus just doesn't want us to experience and have joy, but he wants it to be complete and overflowing. And then I ask you this question. If our joy is overflowing, do you think it will touch the lives around us? If we're filled with joy, do you think it will touch the lives around us? Let me ask you this. Have you discovered a Lord so wonderful that you can't help sharing your joy with others? The gospel is good news. And it should be shared and lived out with joy. As we wrap up this morning, I want to remind you of a song. There's one of my favorite Christmas CDs I've listened to probably since it came out. And it's on repeat, rinse and repeat this time of year at our house and in our cars. But it's Alabama's Christmas CD. Beautiful CD. Great music. But there's a song in there that's called Joseph and Mary's Boy. Listen to the lyrics of this song. And who's the one we need to thank? And who's the party for? And who's the one responsible for all this peace and joy. And who deserves the credit for the blessings we enjoy? The preacher said last Sunday, it was Joseph and Mary's boy. The Christ child born in Bethlehem, Joseph and Mary's boy. The song closes with these words. Everyone's invited. The celebration's planned. The gift is just what's in your heart and not what's in your hand. Remember the story that I started with this morning about Christmas at Granny Myers, my distant aunt across the street? And I was looking on, I was looking at joy from afar. Well, can I tell you this morning that Jesus invites you into his story? It's a grand story. It's a life-changing story that is good news. And it's not just joyful, but will fill you with great joy. So this Christmas, don't look on joy from afar, but encounter the true joy that only Jesus can give. How do you do this? You reread the Christmas story with your family. You reread the Christmas story alone. And you pray and you ask God to awaken the wonder of Christmas. To help you see and experience joy like never before. Let's pray. Father God, thank you so much for today. God, thank you for a time to come together to worship and to praise you, to adore you. Lord, to turn and look in your word and just be reminded that you came by you coming. God, that is good news. And it should bring us great joy. 
And so, Father, I pray as we enter these final days of of the Advent season, Father, help us to focus on you. Help us to not look in and, and wish we were across the street or across town with someone else and with someone else's family. God, but help us to look into your word. Help us to see and help us awaken the wonder of the Christmas story, Father. Help us to see where true joy will come from and help us to share it with our family and those we come in contact with, that we'll point them to Jesus and remind them of the good news that came at Christmas time. That it's Joseph and Mary's boy, the Son of God and the Son of Man, that Jesus came for all. Father, help us to have joy and help us to have joy overflowing Lord, if, 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 we're, if we're lacking that joy, Father, will you place ones in our lives that know you and, and their joy is overflowing so that we might catch a glimpse of your glory, that we might find hope, that we might find peace that comes only from you. Father, we thank you and we love you. We just ask as we sing this song before we leave, help, it, help us to live this out. Help us to look to you and help us to reflect you each and every day, not just at Christmas. For it's in your holy and precious name I pray. Amen.